Welcome to Magic is Real, the podcast where we focus on spiritual journeys, near-death experiences, and all things metaphysical and spiritual. If this podcast resonates with you, it would mean the world if you can like, subscribe, and share with like-minded friends. Thank you so much for being here with an open heart and mind. I wish you peace, light, and love always. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Magic is Real. If you follow me, you know that I've just endured a a long cross-country move from the East Coast to Arizona. Thrilled to be here, but I was on hiatus for a while, and I'm so happy to be back here today with Wendy Hall, who was gracious enough to reach out to me, inviting uh, me to interview her um, because she has a really profound story that I'd like for her to share. And um, all I know about it, honestly, is um, unfortunately, Wendy did lose her precious son, Jaden, and she had a shared death experience. So first of all, I just want to thank you, Wendy, for being here and for opening yourself up to being vulnerable. Um, I know this is a tough topic, so I want to treat it with as much reverence as possible. Um, But I'd love for you to just start wherever you're comfortable. First, I'd love to hear you talk about Jaden. Tell me about Jaden. Okay. All right. So Jaden is my middle child. I have three kids um, and the order is girl, boy, girl. So he was the only boy. He was the middle child. And you know the stories about middle children. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, he, was, he was my um, life of the party child. Like he liked to joke, dance, just have fun. And he was the one that kept me on my toes. Like he was that, that child that kept me on my toes. And um He's my only son and I love my kids so much, but, and I love my kids so much and my, my daughters, they're my girls, but it was something about my son and a mama, a mama can relate to that. She know how it is with mothers and a son. And it's, it's like, you know, I was, I was like this on him. Like I, I know I had to let him grow and go, but I was just, I don't know. I was just in the overprotective mode when it came to Jaden and, um, you know, just to, 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 to go into my um, story, um, Jaden, um, it was the, it was 2021, um, Jaden was in summer school and summer school consisted of like a A turn and a B turn. And so the B, t- he didn't go A turn, he went B, B turn. And so Jaden had a learner's permit. He didn't have a license. And because I was out for summer break, I'm a teacher. So I was out for summer break. I was the person who was solely responsible for taking him to and from summer school. And the hours were from like 8.30 to 1.30. Now, just to go back a little bit, um, we went through a kind of rough patch with Jaden, the teenage years. We had went through, you know, him wanting to do the opposite of what me and his dad wanted him to do, you know, those teenage type things. So when summer around summer when it started coming around i noticed that Jaden was changing he was changing in a sense where i saw that um he started caring about his studies he wanted to make sure that he um had all his credits to go into his senior year because he was a junior and then that summer then he went into his senior year and so that was big for me because it was not me making him want to do it i saw that he was taking the initiative to want to make sure that you know he had enough credits to graduate. At one point he didn't care, but I started seeing him caring. And I started just seeing him overall just turn around. And I was so proud of Jaden. 
I was so proud and I was so on board. And he knew that I was proud because I would, I would tell him just, you know, to encourage him to keep going. Well, on that day, it just started out as a, as a normal day. Um, I got up, actually he got up, got dressed and I was kind of like trying to get up and he was like, mama, come on, you're going to have me late for school. Then I said, okay, okay, okay. I'm coming. So I remember like, I remember getting up, coming out the bedroom and he was sitting in the living room waiting on me. And I noticed that Jaden was dressed really nice that day. Like it was, it's kind of out of the ordinary for the summer. Cause in the summer she has t-shirt, basketball shorts and hey, I'm going on to um, school. But that day he was dressed like, I don't know, like it was a normal school day. And, and I don't know why I didn't ask him and I still ponder, I still think about that a lot. Like, why I didn't say, well, Jay, why are you dressed so nice? I just did. We got in the car. And while we, when we got in the car and we was headed to the school, now his school is no more than four to five minutes away from my house. So on the way to school, one of my girlfriends called me because we were supposed to meet and go walk that morning. So I'm on the phone with her. When we get to the school, it was 8.30 on the dot. And I remember Jaden saying, mama, you can't take me in that way because it's already 8.30. I'll get a tardy slip. So you got to go in front of the school. And so I said, okay, well, when you go in front of his high school, it's a circular drive that you have to drive into. So as I'm driving into it, I see some of my old colleagues that I hadn't seen in a long time. So I'm speaking to them and you know, I got my friend on the phone, in the car, on the, the, the Bluetooth, Bluetooth, and then I'm speaking to my old colleagues, and I'm so into that, I didn't even get a chance to say, you know, I didn't say bye to Jay. I didn't know that that would be my last time seeing him, but, and, and he didn't say goodbye either. I think, I think he was in such a rush to get in the building because, like I said, the bell had rung, and so he was trying not to get a tardy pass. And so he went in the building and then I went on, you know, my way. Well, as I went through my day, um, maybe about like an hour after I dropped him off, he sent me a message and um, he sent me a picture message. And when I looked at it, he had gotten back a graded assignment um, from one of his teachers and it was a B plus. And I was like, awesome sauce. And he texted me back and he was like, mom, I'm not in kindergarten. And then I sent the laughing face back because I always talk to, because I'm an elementary school teacher, I always, that's just my language. I always talk to them like that. And so I just told him I was very proud of him. And the moment I got that grade, I was headed home. I just did a U. I went to the store and I bought him so many clothes. I was so proud of him. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go shopping for Jaden. I said, it's his senior year coming up. I'm going to make sure um, that he have a lot of nice things and so I went in that store and I shopped just for Jaden and I decided to leave the bag in the car because remember, I'm the one that picked him up. So when I pick him up, I can, you know, kind of surprise him with the things that I had gotten, gotten him. Well, I came home and when I came home, my youngest name is Taylor. I was talking to Taylor about something and before I knew it, it was 1.30. The time had um, slipped by me and I remember saying, Taylor, I'll be back. I got to go pick JJ up. And she said, okay. Well, when I got in the car, um, at that time I had a social media account. I had a Facebook account and I, I something got my attention to where I was looking at something on Facebook. But then I was like, no, I can't, I, I got to go. It's already 1.30. So the moment I started the car, 
I got like a bing, a message through Facebook Messenger app. And so it was Jaden. And when I clicked on it, he said his exact words were, got a ride. Now, when he said that, I took a deep breath because I never liked Jaden riding with his friends because I just wasn't sure if they were responsible, yeah. if, they, you know, if they were driving like they were supposed to. So I felt better doing everything, taking him to and from wherever he needed to go. Well, as I sat there, I said, um, and I was trying, I was really trying to give him some room to, you know, to, 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 to hang out and to be with his friends, but it was extremely hard. And I remember messaging, messaging him back and saying, okay. So I said, well, I'm gonna just sit in the car. Cause remember I live nowhere from the school. So I said, I'm just sit out here in the car. And as I was sitting in the car, my phone rung and it rung through Facebook. And it was my son's friend, Eric. Now, Jaden had a number of friends. He had a number of friends. They had a little nickname. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was a number of friends he had. And Eric was one of his best friends. So Eric called me and he said, hey, Miss Wendy. He said, he said, hey, Miss Wendy. He said, um, Jaden is in a, Jaden is involved in a car accident. And I said, is he okay? Is he okay? And he said, Miss Wendy, it's bad. He said, the car has crashed. And he said, the side of the car that Jaden is on is on fire. So I said, um, so I began just screaming. I put the car in reverse, but I didn't know where I was going. Like I didn't, I didn't know where they were. And when he said on fire, it's like I lost every piece of strength that I had in my body. Like I just lost every piece of strength. And I remember opening the door, jump out the door, jumping out the door and screaming to the top of my lungs. And now as I'm standing there screaming, jumping, my daughter Taylor comes out the back door and she says, mama, no. Now Taylor later on told me the reason she said that is because she said that was the same scream she remember hearing the night that my nephew was killed. So she knew it was bad. So I said, Taylor, they say JJ's in the car accident. They said the car's on fire. So, you know, Taylor began screaming. She's trying to call people. I'm calling, I call Jaden's father. I'm calling my nephew, just calling everybody that I could call that I could think of. Well, I'm still screaming, jumping up in that space. My phone rung, my, my, my son, uh, son's father calls me back and he said, Wendy, please don't come up here. Whatever you do, do not come up here. And when he said that, I knew it was terrible. So when he said that, I dropped the phone and I began running around the house. Like I started on one side, ran to the back and ran all the way to the left side in the front of the house. Well, Taylor was already in the front of the house because I think she was on the phone with like a pastor or someone. And I remember coming to the left side of the house. I remember just jumping, uh, about to vomit, just, 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 just I, just devastated and all of a sudden when I got on the side of the house all of a sudden I had the urge to sit down I couldn't stand no more like I just couldn't stand so I sat on the porch and when I sat on the porch I felt something on me and I said what is this on me and I remember doing this the whole time because it was like I was trying to get it off of me now I wish I can explain what that feeling was it, it wasn't like a stinging feeling. It wasn't, 
You know, just like if, a, a, if something crawl on you, you know something is on you. I, but I can't, and I think about this all the time, it's no word that I can think of to tell you how it felt, but it didn't feel right to the human body. And I was trying to get it off of me. I did that until, until I was encompassed in it, until it like it wrapped, it, it, it wrapped me all around. Now it came with peace, but it wasn't it wasn't an earthly peace because I it's I, it, you can't control yourself with it. It's like I was it's almost like I was lifeless, but I had this peace, and that's the only word that I can use to describe it. And I remember just being wrapped in this peace, sitting on the front porch. And um, now I'm in I'm on the front porch. Taylor's still on the phone. And I think, and Taylor was crying and screaming. And I think her crying and screaming kind of brought me out of the state that I was in. And I said, um, Taylor, come and sit down. I said, come and sit down. I said, Taylor, it's a peace all over me. And so as she sat down, I was patting her on the back and I was like, it's okay, it's okay. Now, I, I wish I can tell you how long I was wrapped in that piece. I'm gonna just say a couple minutes. And I can't even tell you how many minutes cause I mean, I wasn't thinking about time or anything. I was wrapped in that piece. And then when the piece left, it ascended. It went straight up. And the moment it ascended, I said, Taylor, Jaden is gone. And she said, mama, no, what are you talking about? Where's your faith? Don't say that. Don't say that. And I said, now remember, I'm in all this peace. I didn't even have, I couldn't even react loud or I, I, I just said, okay. Oh, okay, Taylor. Like I couldn't respond to her the way that she was responding to me. And so we were sitting on the porch. Now, my shortly after that, my my girlfriend, she was, she came over. And as she, when she pulled up, she told me when she saw me on the porch, she said it looked like my body, me, Wendy was here, but not the inside of me. She says, like, I can see your shell, but it's like, where's Wendy? You know, the true Wendy. And so she got out and, and as she got out, she came and sat on the porch next to me. Now, nobody has verbally told us anything. Everybody's still at the crash site. And shortly after she came, my sister-in-law came up. My sister-in-law said when she came up, she said that she saw an oar around me. And she said, I had so much peace on me. She said, do she know what happened? She can't know what happened because, and now she's basing this on what she sees. She said, I look too peaceful to not know what had just happened. So she said, she didn't know how to get out the car. So she said, she sat in the car for a few minutes and she said, well, I'm gonna just get out and go sit next to her. So my sister-in-law got out and she came and sat next to, next to uh, me. So we all just sitting on the porch. All of a sudden I saw a trail of cars coming towards my house. My ex-husband was the first person. His car, his truck was the first vehicle I saw. Well, when he came, he parked across the street in front of my house. And I remember, now remember I had just had that experience, but it, 
it's like it left me. Like I wasn't thinking about it at that time when they pulled up. It's like, I don't know. It's just like, it wasn't in my mind anymore. And when he pulled up and he got out the truck, I remember seeing three doors open, the two front doors. And I remember seeing one of the back doors open. Now, if I can count on anybody to bring Jaden home, I can count on his daddy to bring him home. So when that back door opened, I knew Jaden was getting out the car. So I jumped up off the porch when I saw my ex-husband coming. Me and my daughter jumped up. And I remember saying, Chip, Chip, where's JJ? Where's JJ? My ex-husband fell to his knees and I fainted. I knew then that Jay, I knew verbally, you know, from someone that Jaden was gone. And um, I'm sorry. And, um, and so, you know, you know, the days went on, we went on, we had a funeral service, we had a memorial. We had, all, you know, I had like so many people so many people the day that you know we found the day that he died so many people came over from like principals to, to, to superintendent to all kind of people because you know they realized they had a student who had lost his life and and I remember just being so devastated um I remember being so devastated and I understand people were coming to offer their condolences but I was uh, I was in a whole nother place. And um, so like I was saying, as the days went by, you know, we went ahead and had all the services. And I want to say maybe a week or two later, it hit me what had happened on that porch. I was laying down and I just stood up and I ran. I said, Taylor, the day that JJ passed, when we were on that porch, I said, Taylor, did you feel anything? She said, Mama, I didn't feel nothing. I said, Taylor, you didn't feel nothing. She said, Mama, I didn't feel nothing. She said, but Mama, I was wondering what was wrong with you. She said, I couldn't understand how you were screaming from the top of your lungs and you went to zero. She said, when I looked at you, it looked like you were out of space. She said, but I was so, she said, she was so caught in trying to find out, you know, what's going on. She couldn't even she couldn't even run to me. She said, she said to herself, okay, I'll get to mama later. I got to see if my brother's okay. She said, but I know something happened to you because you went from, you went from a thousand to zero. And that's when I explained to Taylor what happened to me that day. And um, I, I didn't, I knew something happened and I knew I wanted to tell somebody but I knew I couldn't just tell anybody because I know, you know, I know some some people with I didn't want nobody to write off what had happened to me because I know that I know something happened to me on that porch. So it was two people that I felt could give me that would listen to me and kind of understand. But I got frustrated because they were saying things like, oh, it was the Holy Spirit or oh, it was, I think somebody said something like, it was your higher self, or, and I was like, no, 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 that, that's, that, that's not it, I just knew that that wasn't it, and I saw a guy on um, YouTube by the name of Jacob Cooper, and he was sharing his pre-birth, pre-birth experience on a podcast, well, he left his contact information 
And I reached out to Jacob and somehow we end up on the phone and I explained to him what happened to me. And he said, you had what you call the shared death experience. And that was my first time like hearing the name, but I was just so happy I had a name to attach to what happened to me. And, and, and even though, and then he gave me like some books, he gave me the name of some books and some websites that I can go and look at. And even with that, I still needed like a validation. Like I needed, I needed to explain to someone just what I explained to you. And they tell me in their exact words what they think happened. Well, I reached out to Miss Peggy Robinson and she's the first person that um, interviewed me, but she has a podcast as well. And I asked Miss Peggy, I emailed her and I asked her, could I please share my experience? And she said, she said, I would be happy. I would love to hear it. And when she responded to me, she said exactly what I knew happened. She said, Jaden embraced you. She said, Jaden with the light embraced you before he left earth to give you comfort. Um, he, 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 he felt your devastation. He felt your hurt. He, 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 he wanted to give you comfort before he left. And I knew that's what happened. My, um, I'm very close to my kids. Like if anybody knows me, they know it's Wendy and her three kids. I have two grandboys now, but they know how close I am with my kids. And I, I, and I, I didn't hear anything. I felt everything. I didn't hear anything. But in my mind, knowing my son, when he realized he was out of his body, he said, my mama. He said, my mama. And when he said that, and he saw my devastation, I know that Jada said, mama, please don't cry. Please, mama, I'm okay. I'm right here. I'm not hurting. I'm fine. Don't cry. Because I went from boohoo to nothing to nothing and Miss Peggy and she the last thing she wrote is she said try to remember that feeling try to remember that day and I do all the time she said that was your last time with him before he left earth to go home and you know I never thought about sharing my experience you know somebody mentioned they said you should probably share and I was thinking because I didn't die or because I didn't see anything. And, and I realized how other people's story has helped me. And I said, I got to, because I got to let some mama, some daddy know that your baby is okay. It still don't stop the hurt. It still don't stop us or you from missing them. But your baby is in a peace your baby is in a piece that we couldn't even handle on planet earth. I told my mom, I said, mom, now that's the piece that surpasses all understanding. I said, that is the piece. That is the piece that we're going to have when we go home. And, you know, I just wanted to say that to a parent because losing a child is the worst pain a human being could ever feel. When I tell you could ever feel in some days, Miss Shannon, I don't even know if I want to live. I know I got two girls and two grandsons that I fight for every day. But it's like you living in a world 
that you don't even know anymore because you go from carrying, you carry this baby in your womb. You, you know, you went through the birth, you, you nurtured, you raised them till they're gone. Like, you know, my son was here so full of life. He was so present. All we talked about was his senior year, what he was going to do. His sister was finally coming to ninth grade. They were finally be in high school together. Like, we went from all of that to grief, to sadness, to sorrow. That, that was his senior year. When parents were getting ready for homecoming and all the different senior activities, I was buying a headstone. I was buying a headstone. I was dealing with um, court system and still is dealing with the court system um, and um, doing things that you could have never told me in my life that I would have to face. Because, you know, as a parent, you always think you're going to go for your kids or better yet want to go before they do, you know. And you would have never told me that my life we have, you know, taken a turn like that. And I will be even speaking to you about something um, so tragic. But yes, ma'am, that was that that was my experience. Wendy, thank you so much for sharing. I have I I'm really appreciate. Um I should have brought tissues in here. I did not. I'm okay. Um I'll use my shirt. It's fine. Uh I really want to appreciate several things. Um, one is that you said that I think a lot of people that share their story on my podcast and others like it, they have these, like, I went up there and I saw angels and I saw this and that. And I really appreciate that you are recognizing that your experience, even though it's something only you felt and you may not have like visuals to go along with it, that it's no less profound. And also I think it's important to stress that when you know, you know, you right. know, and that's something I really want to talk about. Um, today, I was speaking, and I think part I'm emotional because I'm empathic and I care, and I'm so sorry that you went through this. And also, it touches home. Gosh, it's really emotional, <laughs> but I'm glad we're doing this. Um, one of my best friends, as I told you, and you were so kind, I passed on your love to one of my best friends who just lost her baby, who due to birth complications, suffered irreparable brain damage. And it's been terrible, obviously. And I know that, um, and I was saying to her, you know, obviously it doesn't matter. A mother's love is a mother's love. So it doesn't matter if the baby's five days old, if the baby's 17, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. The circumstances might be different. So there may be elements of different emotional challenges and what ifs and all of that stuff. But I said to her, I was telling her about your story, just kind of like that you were coming on and how you kindly passed on your love. And, um, and I didn't even know exactly what your story was. I was, I wanted you to just tell it raw. Mm -hmm. And she sent me videos of, she said, what was so un unbelievable is that when I was holding my baby, when they took her off the life support to let her go, she said, I felt like I was in heaven. And she said, literally, like I wasn't out of my body, but she said when I was holding her and letting her go, this extremely strange feeling came over me. Like she goes, it was like, I've never felt more, she didn't say happy, but it was like bliss. Like, I don't know. I don't want to put words in her mouth. Mm -hmm. 
So she sent me the videos of the baby leaving, which I appreciated. And in one of them, she's just holding the baby and smiling. And she had her head back and she looked like she was in heaven. And mm -hmm. she said, I know it's so weird. Why would any mother losing her baby be smiling? I said, you're not smiling from joy. You're smiling from the peace and the love. Right. And because you felt, she said, I literally felt like I was in heaven with her. And I said, you know, and I wanted to assure her because, you know, when someone's passing, the body has these reactions that can be upsetting. But I said, you know, her soul was already there. Her body mm -hmm. was already, I think her, her soul, I felt as a medium and also just because I do this work, you know, that mm -hmm. I, most people say the soul was gone. So you might think, okay, Jaden was in this fiery crash and how absolutely traumatic that would have been. I feel so strongly, and I bet you do too, that he wasn't in pain um, because the soul has this way of protecting the body. And almost everyone I've spoken to, and you watch these podcasts too, mm -hmm. says that before the impact, their soul left. They were looking down upon it. So there's so yeah, much he, in there. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, but, please do. Um, yeah. Made me think about something my oldest. Um, she she had a dream, and in the dream, her and Jaden talked, and that's what he told her. He said it was a boom, then he was in heaven. Yes. And I felt that too with him. Yeah. And I know it, but I also felt it. I wanted, mm -hmm. I just felt that he. And I know, and I want, I have more questions, so many more questions. I just wanted to sort of open that discussion because I thought that was so beautiful. One of my other best friends lost her sister to cancer. She was only mm -hmm. 42 and had uh, four, four kids, four kids. Um, and she said when she was there with her sister and when her soul left her body, she said, I've just felt this peace. And mm -hmm. I saw sparkles of light and waves of light. I think it is important that you share your story because as I said, you know, my friend was like, how could I be smiling while my baby's dying in my arms? And I just said, because you, the bond that a mother has for her child, first of all, it's primitive. Oh, right. And, and so that you, our job is to like protect our young. And that's why you're so connected. And so your souls are, not only is your DNA actually connected, your souls are so connected. Um, right. And as you said, you love all your children. You and Jaden just have a, a different, a special kind of a bond. And mm -hmm. I think it is like anyone can say what they want. I could guess, oh, well, it was the Holy Spirit. Well, it was this. Only you know the truth. Right. And I think it's important that people understand to listen to that and don't think you're crazy. You know right. what you felt. Right. And I also appreciated what you said about, look, it doesn't, because I just said this to my friend, it doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't. But by doing this and telling your story and by me doing this podcast, the point is to let people know that while the pain will be there, I said, unfortunately, you're going to have to live with the trauma. You're going to have to live with the pain and the grief. And unfortunately, you're going to have to walk alongside. That's going to walk alongside you. You might learn to manage it better. But I hope that knowing that she knew her baby was in, at peace, she was, in, and, and not only was she at peace, her mother, it turns out, um, and it, again, I do have more questions for you, but her mother has called me and it turns out her mother sees dead people, quote unquote, dead people, always mm -hmm. has, ran mm -hmm. it by me. She's been writing her visions down. She said, the baby came to me and her mother sees them like better, even stronger than I do. And I'm a medium. Mm -hmm. And she said, I keep, I see the baby, but she's a little older and she's mm -hmm. in this garden and she keeps showing me these buildings and these like ancient looking buildings and pillars. 
And I'm like, that all checks out. She's taking mm -hmm. you there and showing you, look at this. Right. I don't want you to rush to get here, but this is, you're going to be here with me. And this is what I'm seeing. And I assure you I'm okay. So mm -hmm. I want to know too, from you, I know this only happened recently, but you're very tuned in. What are some ways I'm assuming that you've received signs from Jaden? Um, and if you haven't, that's okay. But do, what are ways, how do you keep that connection, especially while you're in grief, but have you received signs or do you feel connected to him? Do you feel a strong communication between you? Now, when he first passed and I went back to where he passed in July and I went back to work in September and I remember walking down the hallway and I was like, Jay, you with me? Like, like, I know he was with me. Like, I, I just knew he was with me. And I was like, Jay, you are with me. I felt it. I can't explain it. Some stuff is unexplainable. But I knew that he was with me. Now, as far as the feeling part, I don't feel that as much. But there'll be different things. Like, like tomorrow is Jaden's birthday. That's why when you said Thursday or Friday, I definitely went with oh, Thursday. Wow. I don't know what kind of space I'll be in tomorrow. Yeah. I, I can pick up the phone and it'll say, the other week I picked up the phone and it said 0623, June 23rd, his birthday. Um, one day we went to my daughter's house to have dinner and my oldest and, you know, Jay, we would all do that together. And Jaden was tall, slim, but he can eat every, he ate so much. And we were always fussing him because he would eat all the food. And so I remember at her house trying to enjoy dinner, but it was hard because, you know, he wasn't there with us. And I remember coming, sitting in the living room with her. We were all sitting down and I said, um, you know, I said, Ty is hard. I said, um, cause you know, Jay will be right here with us. And she said, yeah, mama. And she has a little, like two plant things that are, um, they're not like live plants, but it's like a, a decorations that's up near her wall. And while we were sitting there, that thing said, swoop, it went flat down. And I looked at her and she looked at me and she said, Jay. Yeah. And I said, Jay. And then my baby, Taylor, was like, oh, I'm scared. Don't do. So we had to kind of get off of it because she was scared. But Ty and I both knew why that happened. Yeah. We both knew why that happened. Um, and I just thought about something you said about like when she was showing the grandmother the other side and how she's alive and well i know we don't die yeah. i know we don't die because when everybody was at that accident scene my boy was on the porch with me yeah he, yep. was, he was wrapped in me before anybody had ever told me anybody had verbally came and told me i knew jay was gone now why that experience left I don't know. It took like a couple of weeks coming back. I never be able to explain that, but I knew before somebody verbally told me that he was gone. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, um, that's that, you know, I don't need faith for that. I know, you know. I know that I know that's why even like going to the cemetery, I haven't been out there. Um, of course my daughter and all his friends and, you know, you know, family, they go, I know Jay is at home. I know Jay is on the other side. I know Jay is in a peace. Jay is in a peace that I can't even explain. Jay know more about life than I do because I'm I'm over here on this side. Yeah. And that that gives me comfort. Now, do I miss him? I miss my boy every day. My son was killed. Um, his friend picked him up from summer school, one of his best friends, 
and another friend, those boys were drag racing. My son was on the passenger side. The one that was driving lost control over the car. My son was killed. He was the only one killed. So now I got to go through a court system with young boys who made a terrible choice. They did not think. They were not thinking. And I got to go through a court system and deal with that. Do I, do I hate them? Am I mad with them? I, I can't be. Jay would be so bad. He would be like, mama, we just made a mistake. We weren't thinking. But I just wish somebody that day would have said we shouldn't do this. I know. That's hard. And I, I think that's also one of the things is that, yes, we talk about spiritual experiences on my podcast, but I also just think it's important to talk about grief and also how you process things like that, because that's such a big part of it. We talk about the, I got to the light and it was so beautiful and peaceful. And we talk about death in that way, which um, can be very celebratory at times, but also comes with no matter what you went through, it's still going to come with hardship and, and pain. And now I understand that so well. I can just, you know, those people have to live with a life sentence and that is living with the guilt. And yet, how do we forgive? I'd love to hear, how do you, Wendy, kind of, yeah, how do you get through that and, and learn to, for, and not learn, but how do you find that forgiveness and compassion? Well, I know jading leaving us and passing I know that wasn't like a punishment to me or anything because we we anybody's born has to die so I know that's just a part of life that we have to die so I don't I don't feel like you know oh in the beginning I was kind of upset with God I was I was okay. I was like God you could have stopped you you God Almighty you could have stopped that you could have did everything but after I got through that point I just started thanking him for choosing me to be his mama. I started thanking him for the 17 years I had him. Um, my baby was 17 for three weeks before he died. He had just turned 17. I started thanking him for things like that. The, as far as the forgiveness part, the reason I, I know I forgive the both of them is because at 17, I thought I knew some new stuff, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I, know. I was just out there doing things. I could have easily got caught up into doing something. I think about that, number one. Number two, I know it wasn't intentional. I know that, you know, he, he didn't say, hey, I'm going to kill Jay today. I'm going to pick up my boy Jay and cause an accident and kill him. And I know that every day of his life, both of them, they got to think about the decision they made that cost the life of their friend's death. You know, they got to, you know, they're going to live with that forever. And so I just want them to, you know, whatever punishment they get and, yeah. and, and, and move on. I want them to, they got to though. They got to find some kind of light in this darkness. They yeah. got to go out and talk to young kids. Mm -hmm. They got to go out and share their stories. They got to be able to say, hey, I messed up. And because I messed up, my friend didn't live past 17 years old. They got to do that. They got to. And I just know, you know, I know as a parent too, like when you, like like those kids, mama, it just don't affect you. It affects your whole household. It affects everybody that loves you. And I know Jay would be on me. He would be saying, mama, please forgive yeah. them. I, I know, know that too. Yeah. I know that too. And it's, it's tough because I, I get so angry. I know a friend of mine, the guy she was dating was drag racing, gotten a 
a thing and you're just like, why are you, it's so easy to get angry and be like, what do you think that the roads are a playground? Like this is life or death. But as you said, I mean, when I was 17, should I have been drinking? Should I have been smoking cigarettes? Should I have been doing half the things that I did? No. And um, like you said, they're going to have to live with it. And I pray too, that they do find healing through helping, through being of service in that way. And, and um, they're going to have to do a lot of healing themselves. And I also think, yeah, I mean, they, they need to pay for what they did, but mm-hmm. hopefully it's minimal jail time with a lot of recovery, healing, and not going down that road of uh, worse self-destruction, but saying, okay, how can I turn this into helping other people and, and benefiting from that, which could, I agree with you, could be so impactful to hear it from someone who said, I did that. And now look what happened. And I'm just so incredibly deeply sorry for your loss, but so proud of you for you're doing the same thing. You're like, how can my loss help somebody else and, Mm -hmm. and to bring other people's strength. And, um, are you, how are you and your family healing together? I mean, is there like, is it, I'm sure everyone's kind of on their own healing journey. Well, initially we started out with counseling, like, uh, family counseling. And then, um, when my son father, he's better now, he was angry. He was just angry. He was like, he said he was, he said for the longest, he would walk around and be like, Jay, why did you get in that car? Why did you get in that car? He said he said it so much till he heard Jaden said, Daddy, I didn't know. Yeah. He said when he heard that, he knew that he had to let, he knew he had to let that anger go. But um, we did counseling and I did, uh, after that, I did group counseling. I did do group counseling. Um, I wish I can tell you that a specific scripture helped me, or I can tell you that church helped me. But the only thing, and this is the honest truth, the only thing that has really helped me is listening to others' experiences. Listening to people near-death experiences and shared death experiences because it just, it gives me that assurance, that hope, that that knowing that we'll be together again. Yeah. That, you know, he just, he's over there waiting on me and, and, you know, we'll be, we'll be together again. You will be. And I think, thank you. That's actually why I started this podcast. I also found so much hope in them and mm-hmm. I wasn't in grief, but it was just, life is painful. There are oh, a lot yeah. of, life is beautiful and it's also challenging, painful, oh, yeah. struggly. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say that we choose those of us who choose earth to incarnate into are the warriors because this is the hardest place to incarnate into. Mm-hmm. When you're in a world where a son can pass the way that yours did, where, a, you know, my friend could lose her baby. It feels like this is really what hell is, you know, that it can mm-hmm. be. But I think that there is so much hope in these stories that it brings me hope. And I hope it brings other people hope too. And I just really appreciate your vulnerability in sharing your experience. And I think that is part of healing. So I'm really glad that you asked to do so. I think that is part of, and I see you doing even more, like speaking to to parents, speaking at schools and saying, you know, drag racing killed my son and that kind of thing. And being an advocate for people and a leader in that community, I'm no pressure, but I'm saying I can see you doing that. And I can see you um, really doing a lot of advocacy work and helping other people if you want to and you don't have to it's really what's important is that your heart is healing the best it can and also having that faith that you know he's still here you 
not being able to hug him is torture, but he's right there all the time. And just sense of humor, I really like comes through for me with him where he's really funny and really a jokester and really um, kind of keeps you uh, it like the way I see your relationship is when you're kind of cranky, he can snap you right out of it, you know, mm -hmm. by just kind of saying, teasing you about it. And that just feels like his personality to me. Um, so I, is there anything else that you want to share uh, about your journey or, uh, or anything that you want people to know in general? What have you learned or what do you, even if it's something you already knew, what's been validated for you? Well, um, I'm just kind of to go back to what you just said. Um, two days after Jaden passed, I saw a vision of me standing in a cafeteria in a, like an auditorium with nothing but teenage. I mean, it was like a magnitude of students. I saw me like speaking to groups because I lost my nephew a year and a half before Jaden the same way. Both of them passed drag race and somebody chose to drag race and killed my nephew. Same thing with my son. And I mentioned that to Miss Peggy uh, that I had that vision and she was like, okay. And she gave me a name. She gave me a tag name. And it's funny you said that because I do, I, I, I often like if I can, I can, let's say I see a young boy pull up in a fast car and I'll just go over and talk to him. I say, hey, how you doing? And then I tell him my name. And, and, and some of them, I, I, you know, of course I compliment their car and I say, let me ask you something, baby. I said, do you ever race? I asked this one guy, he said, yes, ma'am. He said, sometime I race and I pulled out my pictures and I said, this is my son. I said, this is my only son. I said, um, my son lost his life at 17 years old because his friends chose to drag race. I said, my baby was brought into, brought into the funeral home in the body bag. We had to put him in a casket that we could ever open, never open again. I was never even able to see his face. I said, I lost my son because someone chose to race. Do you, 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 that boy, before I could even be through talking to him, he grabbed me and he hugged me so tight. And he told me, thank you for speaking to me. He's not the only one I've talked to several people. So I know that that is my light in all this darkness. And I always, I always tell Taylor, I was like, Taylor, I had that vision. I was in this huge um, auditorium and I was speaking to kids and she said, well, mama, you're doing it now. You just hadn't gotten to that setting yet, yep. but, but you're doing it. I have chills and I had the same vision before you told me your vision. That's why I told you that because yeah. I saw you in an order. Exactly that. I saw you in an auditorium. And I think even if you weren't in an auditorium, you telling one person yeah. that might've changed that kid's life. You know, he yeah. might've said, you know what, not going to do it. And, or said, you know what, I just met this woman and I know that it was a message and I, I, I get chills from your son, from you, just from the whole feeling of from something so tragic is going to come. You're going to save somebody's life. Unfortunately, I wish it had been your son. Yeah. I wish it hadn't happened to you. But, you know, it's those. It's that thing where something, I never say, oh, it was meant to be. But I do mm -hmm. say something positive can come out of the worst darkness because yes. there's always the opportunity. And as I said, it's not no pressure to do it if you feel called, but I do feel that that's your calling. Um, oh. And I do know that he's supporting you in that. And also you've already said it, you already know. That's why he's not giving me specific messages because he already told you, forgive, let it, don't hold on to the anger. Please forgive them. They're the ones that are suffering. And mm -hmm. also just, um, did you also, um, I just wondered, cause I know you said his birthday's coming up too, but was there like a balloon releasing for him as well? 
Yes, it was um, uh, the memorial. They had a balloon release. I just, I saw that. It, was it, I saw golden white, and I don't know if that was the color of the balloons, but I saw balloons going up into the sky. Um, I think they were blue and white. Okay. I just oh, wondered. Yeah, if, yeah. he just showed me like this releasing of balloons into the air and like acknowledging being there for that and I think also it would have been a double meaning because his birthday is coming up too but um I just know that he's so ever-present because I feel him um he feels like a doll and like such a cutie pie does he have a dimple like he just I saw him with like a dimples too uh like beautiful like smile um that I he's like because he kind of like gives me this like knowing he's cute kind of feeling um they say yeah mom I look so good yeah, yeah, you he, know, he's like, I know I'm cute. Like, I just kind of, I know I can tell that he had, um, you know, I assume he was a straight guy, but he just had a lot of girls. Um, oh, yeah. Attention is kind of like the yeah. way that I feel is he knows and he's not a player, but he's like, I'm cute, but he just knows that he's. Oh, yeah, that's Jaden. Yeah. Yeah. Like, che he's cheeky and cute. Um, And so I but I do feel him so strongly as well. And I just mm -hmm. I'm I'm so glad that you do, too. So mm -hmm. I just want to thank you again for for sharing what you did and hope and again, hopefully this someone will hear this and oh, yeah. also yeah. be reminded about um, it's not a game, you know, it's people's lives and kids are out there invincible, trying mm -hmm. to be cool, like. Mm -hmm. They're there, and you know, I mean, I know I sound like a grandma, but it's like it's not cool, it's dangerous, and there are people out there that exactly. are in the way. So, thank you, Wendy, so much for being here and for sharing your light and your love and your vulnerability. It really means the world to me. No, thank you, and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I You're really so welcome. Bless you and your family, yes, ma'am. You too. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and mind for your likes, subscribes, leaving comments below and sharing with like-minded friends. Your support means the world and I could not do this without you.